You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. As he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voice saying, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear saints, if we escape this text without thinking about thankfulness, then we'll have missed it. But this text is not just about thankfulness. And we'll see it. Jesus is winding His way towards Jerusalem. Luke, uh, From Luke chapter 9 all the way to the triumphal entry in Luke chapter 19, we have Jesus on His final journey. This is a real blessing. In fact, this is probably the greatest blessing that the evangelist Luke gives to the church because he's the only evangelist that tells us about this trip to Jerusalem, about the things that Jesus did and said on this journey. In fact, most of this material, Luke chapter 9 to 19, is only heard about in the Gospel of Luke. And that includes this account from Luke 17 of the ten lepers that are healed by Jesus. The text begins like this. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he, as he was entering into a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voice, saying, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. Leprosy is a terrible thing. We hardly see it anymore, at least in the United States. It's a rotting away of the skin, a, a decomposition of the flesh while you're still alive. I know it's a kind of uniquely ugly picture that we have on the front of the bulletin this week, but leprosy is a uniquely ugly thing. It's ugly business. I mean, imagine it. Your entire body is an open and festering sore. So you're wrapped in bandages from head to toe like a mummy. Leprosy causes you to lose your feeling so you can injure yourself. Uh, and you don't even know it. Or parts of your body will fall off or rot away, and you don't even feel it. Now, in the Old Testament, God gave Moses special instructions on how to deal with leprosy, and these instructions are harsh. The leper was to be considered unclean. They couldn't come into the tabernacle or to worship God, or they couldn't even come into the camp where the people lived, or the towns of Israel, or the temple. They, They would have to stand outside of the city, and whenever anybody came, they would have to stand at a distance and they would have to yell, warning to them that they're lepers by saying, unclean, unclean, so that the people would stay away from it. Now imagine this, not being able to go home to your family, not being able to pick up your children, not being able to go to the store. Now it seems at first glance like an incredibly lonely life, the life of leprosy, but the lepers would go and live together in colonies, leper colonies. These still exist throughout the world. And it seems like that's what's happening here in this text, that these ten lepers are, are, have kind of bound their lives up to one another to try to care for one another even as they're dying. And as an aside, and I, think, and I don't know what to do with this, this point, but I think it's an interesting point in the text, is that this leper colony was both Jews and Gentiles. And, and the Jews and the Gentiles would never live together uh, in a normal circumstance. They'd never be neighbors and friends like this in a normal circumstance. But here, their leprosy has in a way bound them together. They have a fellowship of their disease. But anyway, I don't know what that means. Now, these ten lepers, though, did know of Jesus. 
And more, they believed in Jesus. They believed what they had heard about Jesus, that Jesus was Lord, that He was the Messiah, that He was the Deliverer. And this is why they come to Him. They stay at a distance, like Moses said. But you can, you can get the sense from the text that they're leaning in, that they're pressing up to Jesus, that they're going to get as close as they can to Him and to this town in order that they might make their petitions known to Him. And, and look, instead of crying out to Jesus, unclean, they come out to Jesus and say, have mercy. They cry out to Him, Lord, mercy us. And this is the cry of faith. And this is the prayer of the believer. And this is put here for you. I mean, look at what Luke is doing to us. Fine, upstanding Americans. (laughs) Luke grabs us by the neck and he throws us in with with a bunch of lepers. You want an example of faith? Of prayer? Of what it means to be a Christian? You want an example of saints to follow? Here you go. Ten of the sickest, stinkiest, poorest, most miserable men one could ever find. And you, says St. Luke, to you, you should be like them. Come on, Luke. It's Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Ease up a little bit. Give us a bit of a break. No, says the Holy Spirit. Because He's always emptying us. Always turning us upside down so He can pour out our pride and our self-reliance. Pour it all out of us. These ten lepers here, these men are your brothers. And they are at this moment even your teachers. And they are your example. Luther talks about how these men show their faith in three ways. And this is good for us. First, these men expect good and wonderful things from God. They throw themselves on God's mercy. They don't wonder or doubt if Jesus will help help them. They come with a fantastic boldness. Help us, they say. And they have then a faith that prays, a faith that trusts in the Lord no matter what it sees, a faith that knows that the Heavenly Father who spared not even His only Son, that He will together with Him also give us all things. And so even in the darkness and the sufferings of life, we are to expect from the Lord great and wonderful things, to cry out to Him, expecting Him to hear our prayer and give us all that we need. Oh, that the Lord would give us this faith. Second, these men needed no assurance. They needed no down payment, no proof that the Lord would help them. Go and show yourself to the priest, and they went. Luther calls this a free resignation and joyful venture on God's, on Jesus' imperceptible, untried, and unknown goodness. Like a blind man throwing themselves against the wall, so these lepers throw themselves against Christ. And so you. And third, these men had a faith that brought nothing to God. These lepers had no gold to give to Jesus, no favor, no good works, no service, no outstanding moral character. They had nothing. Here, Jesus, a dirty rag. They didn't even have that. 
Because faith receives. And these men come only to receive. You come only to receive from Jesus. There is always the temptation to think that we have something to give to God. Our heart, our love, our works, whatever it is. Which is why Luke is putting you, putting us, in the company of these ten lepers to teach us faith. To sweep out of every corner of our mind the dust of pride and the crumbles of works. To get it out. To put us at a distance with troubles and sickness and sin and death and to put here the prayer of faith on our hearts and on our lips simply to say with a beggar, Lord, have mercy. I don't know if you, if you guys have ever noticed this, but there are, whenever the Holy Spirit gathers the church together to pray, and it doesn't matter what liturgy or what service we use. I mean, it could be the communion liturgy or matins or vespers or evening prayer or compline or, or whatever it is. There are always two prayers that the church prays. The Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and the Kyrie. Lord have mercy. The beggar's prayer. And this is because we are all beggars. This is true. All of us, every minute of our lives, need the Lord's mercy and His help. And His kindness. And without it, we would be undone. Now, these ten lepers come to Jesus asking for help, and Jesus sends them to the temple. There's a promise here that we might miss. You see, Moses, uh, when, when God is giving the laws about leprosy, Moses says that if a leper was cleansed, if he was healed, they were to go to the priest and the priest was to examine them and see if the leprosy had left them. And if the priest examines them and the leprosy is gone, then the priest could declare them to be clean. And now they could go back into the temple to offer their sacrifices. They could go back to their homes. They could rejoin the fellowship of the temple. So when Jesus sends these men to go to show themselves to the priest, there's an implicit promise there that they would be made clean. But look what happens. As they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And this man was a Samaritan. Ten are healed, but one returns to give thanks. One turns back to worship. Now, at the least, the text is telling us that we ought to give thanks to God for all of His benefits. That we shouldn't be complainers or grumblers or people who forget all the good things that God has done for us. And this is especially what the Ninth and Tenth Commandments are getting at. When they say you shall not covet, we should be content. We should be happy. We should delight in the Lord's gifts. And so it is good for us to consider these questions. Am I happy? Am I thankful? Do I complain all the time? (laughs) Do I grumble about the way things are? You see, the Christian ought to be thankful. You, you ought to be thankful. 
Thankful that the Lord Jesus has not dumped you into hell. Thankful that He's put away all your sins. Thankful that you will inherit eternal life. Thankful that you have a place to hear the Lord's word and receive His body and blood. Thank you that you had a, thankful that you had a piece of bread to eat this morning and a roof over your head and family and friends and everything else you have in the world. In fact, the Christian even receives their troubles and their sufferings as a gift from God and a trust from Him. And we are thankful even for these. So this, at least we learn. Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was none found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We don't know what happened to the other nine. Maybe they made it to the temple and were cleansed. Maybe they saw that they were clean and they... immediately ran home to their family or ran off to the bar or wherever they wanted to go most. Martin Luther thinks, and I'm not sure about this, but he thinks that they did make it to the temple and that there at the temple, the priests said, oh, this Jesus is acting like the Messiah, but he's not really the Messiah. And And they turned them away from Jesus. But we don't know. What we do know is that there is one Samaritan who runs back to Jesus and falls down at his feet to give him thanks. And it's with this man that Luke has you exactly where he wants you. The Holy Spirit has you just where he wants you. At the feet of Jesus. You see, this is more than giving thanks. This, this man is worshiping. He's falling before the feet of Jesus as the beneficiary of His gifts. And this, dear saints, is the end goal of faith. To stand before the Lord Jesus in the holiness that He gives. The translation that we have reads like this. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. But the Greek is more. It says this, your faith has saved you. This leper has salvation. This leper is a Christian. This leper is your brother because you, dear saints, are among the company of the redeemed, of those who have nothing at all to offer or to give, but those who come falling at the feet of Jesus, desperate, begging for mercy. And listen, The Lord hears your prayer. And the Lord answers them. He forgives your sin. In the end, this text of the ten lepers given to us by Luke and the Holy Spirit has us right here in church hearing the promise of Jesus and believing that they're true. That they're true even for me. And this text has us here, standing before the Lord's altar and kneeling to be fed by His body and blood and knowing and believing and trusting that here the Lord is having mercy on us. And this, His mercy and His kindness, this is our comfort and it is our peace. Amen. The peace of God, 
which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.